from Exodus 15, verse 26. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Okay, bring forth the clicker, Kelton. Thank you. There is a... It's a great time to be a, a part of the church here. Uh, there's God's doing a lot of things and excited about about all all the ways that God is is moving and working in the lives of us and uh, excited for what the future may hold. Part of that is uh, we've been asking you to pray for uh, what what the what the future the church looks like because we're the size of the church where you start hiring additional staff or, or second minister to be able to help out and, and do some different things. And I know that when I was in Great Falls, I've seen in Great Falls, I've seen in Billings and other places, that's one of the big things when churches have faith to say, all right, it's time. We, what we have, we've got to share with other people. It's time for us to step out in faith in that. There's a lot of great blessings that God brings. And so we're just asking for you to continue to pray for that. Uh, next week, I'm going to share some more of the why, which is on Sunday morning, we don't want to do a lot of that because this is our time to be able to worship, to come together like in... Um, and sing and praise God that way. But there's some nuts and bolts, a few that I'll walk through. And then uh, December 9th, we'll have a meeting that, that everybody's welcome to come, and you can ask all sorts of questions, throw out ideas, all this sort of thing. And that'll be December 9th coming up, and so there'll be more details coming forward on that. Sound like a plan? Continue to pray. That's a big thing right now. Just continue to pray and, and ask God to lead us in this in this process. Um, we'll go to Luke chapter 5. That's where we're going to be at. In Luke chapter 5 talks about people who receive healing from God. Now, I spent time with an article last night, and it's, it's, an, it's an article that talks about what the impact our attitude has on the stuff that around us. Um, because, for example, I know that when I worked at the hospital in Great Falls as a trauma chaplain, there was some the things that they had us read that talked about the difference of people and their healing if they have a spiritual conviction or not. Now, first of all, if people walk into the hospital or carried into the hospital and their attitude is terrible and they think that everything is going to go poorly and they're not going to heal, what usually happens? Everything goes terribly and there's not a lot of healing that happens. And so people that believe that, yes, yeah, somehow I can receive healing here, somehow I'm going to get better, then there's there's a much better chance that they're going to get better. And there was another jump as well, is the people who had a spiritual conviction somehow that God was working and that God could bring healing had a much, much greater chance of great success coming from the medical treatment as well. And so there's a lot to that. But for us today, I want us to tuck that away in our mind and think, okay, people receive healing because God can heal anything, can he? God can do anything, right. And so maybe... The weak link in the chain sometimes is us and how we approach God. And so we're going to walk through this and we're going to see some examples. And if you remember, Jesus, uh, last week, he called his first disciples and Peter had to make this choice. Am I really going to go all the way with God? I like what Jesus has to say, but am I, do I have to leave my boat to do that? Do I have to follow Jesus in everything in order to do that? Or can I just kind of just sort of do my thing and, and kind of have him there as being, being part of my life, but, but he's not central. And in this case, 
Jesus says, Peter, follow me. I'm going to teach you to fish for something much greater. I'm going to teach you to fish for people, for people's souls, and change their hearts to follow God. And it says that Peter and the others left their boats, and they went and followed him there. And so this is the stories that lead right after that. We'll start in Luke chapter 5, and I'll start reading in verse 12. And before we do that, I want you to look one more thing. Remember we talked about a few weeks ago, the day in the life of Jesus, and there were some elements that were there. He teaches, he heals people, and he withdraws oftentimes to lonely places. You're going to see all three of these elements here again. Okay? These are just important for a well-rounded spiritual life, is that we spend our time teaching others, we work to bring healing in the lives of others, and we withdraw so that we can be filled up with God and, his, and what he's got for us as well. All right, so we're going to go into um, Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 12. It says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So here you have a guy, we'll call him man number one. What he does is he's covered with leprosy. Uh, there is a, this is a term that is for any type of, of skin disease, uh, not just what we call leprosy, that is the, the type of, of disease that, that deadens your skin and, and start, parts of it start to fall off. But this could be any type of skin disease that covers the body. And so you can imagine in a time, and, and we're not familiar with this really, very rarely do we ever see somebody whose, whose body is covered with rashes that, that is incurable because the, the medicine that we have right now that God has provided us with has largely taken care of a whole lot of these things in our world. But can you imagine going through life and walking around and being covered by blotchy skin disease and when people are walking down the street, they see you coming and the response is like this. I'm going to try to get away because that's scary. I don't want something to leap off of him and touch me. That's bad news. I don't want that. And so this guy has gone through life this way. You think he realizes he's sick? Oh, man. Yeah, he realizes. He's reminded of it every day that he is sick and he's got an issue here. And what happens is he comes to Jesus. That's the first thing that we notice about him. He comes to Jesus. How many people with skin diseases in Jesus' day do you think lived there in these regions that never, ever came to see him? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Never made that initiative to say, I've heard about this teacher. I heard what he's talking about. And he may be able to do something for me. I'm going to go see him. A lot of people never did that. But this guy does. He comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You see his attitude as he approaches Jesus. It isn't, Jesus, do this for me now, or doesn't come at all. But he comes with humility. He says, Lord, if you're willing, I believe that you can make me clean. You can do this. You're the great healer. I've heard about you. I've heard of all you can do. And you can make me clean. Would you please do that for me? And you see Jesus' response there is, yes, I'm willing. I'll make you clean. And Jesus heals him right there, tells him to go and show himself to the priest. And by the way, don't tell anybody, just keep it quiet. We'll talk about that, why that is. Because Jesus is trying to wait till the right time for, for his message to get out um, in, into 
to, to the religious leaders and all that. He's, he's planting the seeds of his ministry. But you see this guy, and there's a lot we can talk about here, but I want us to note these two things here. He came to Jesus to start with, and he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. That shows where his heart is at. That shows where his perspective is at. Okay, let's look at the next section here. We see in verse 17, I'll start reading there. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village in Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So you have basically a religious leader's workshop is going on here. And they're talking to Jesus and trying to figure out what he's all about. And some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat to the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, "'Friend, your sins are forgiven.'" And the Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Are they right in that? Is God the only one that can forgive sins? Yeah, they're exactly right in that. They just didn't realize who Jesus really was. And Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Wow, amazing story. A few years ago when I preached through Mark, we spent more time on, on this particular story here. Because it's, you have a person who's paralyzed. Uh, we see this in our world. Someone has, has, has an accident and, and can't ever walk again are born with birth defects and are not able to walk. And I remember a few years ago at a track meet, a school track meet that my family went to. And uh, we saw these kids running, uh, doing hurdles, doing all of that. And something I know that touched my heart and my family talked about it is there was a little boy that was there that was sitting in the front row in the stands that was in a wheelchair that was just watching people run. And it was, it was pretty powerful because we just thought, what's going through this little guy's mind right now? That he's watching these other kids run, and he, it's something he may never be able to do. How sad that is. And so this, you see this situation here with a guy who is, who is unable to walk, and he's got some friends that are good friends. And they come, and they punch a hole through the roof. Now, whether that meant they were pulling, they actually... You know, put a hole through the roof or, or they remove some tiles. I don't know. The point is, is that's not the normal way to enter to a house, right? That's not how we normally go into a house is through the chimney. You know, Santa Claus does that, but not the rest of us generally. And so what happens is you have this religious meeting going on here and they open up the roof. The four friends bring him down and they overcome all of this opposition that could be there. Just think about what's going to be, if, if someone drilled a hole in the roof right here and started coming down through the roof, what would you say right now? What types of things would be going through your mind? You don't have to share that. Just think about that. So that's what's going on there. And they let this, this guy down. Jesus doesn't go to physical healing immediately. He goes to spiritual healing immediately. He says, your sins are forgiven. And the religious leaders, Why? Wait a minute, wait a minute here. He says, but just so you know, 
that I have authority to forgive sins, I'm going to heal him. That's the, physically, that's the easy part. Watch this. He's able to, to get up. First thing he was asked to do is to fix the roof. No, we don't know that. But he, uh, he goes, and he goes on his way rejoicing, and he's excited because of the healing. Do you notice something that's amazing about these guys right here? Is they overcame opposition, not only from the house and breaking the roof. Just think about what kind of, kind of excuses they could have come up with. Well, well, we wanted to take you, buddy, to get you healed today, but Jesus is full today. The house is full. We can't get you in there. In fact, we don't really like crowds very much. It makes us uncomfortable. Um, oh, by the way, dinner's coming. Now, think about that. Excuse after excuse after excuse that they could come up with. But they said, no excuses, even a physical structure, we're going to go right through it so that we can get our friend to Jesus. And not only that, is that we're going to overcome any opposition from what the religious leaders that are in there might think. I wonder if that hadn't gone through their mind at some point, as you've got these religious leaders in there and think, oh man, what is, what's going to happen? What are the Pharisees going to say if we break a hole in the roof or we're so excited about getting our friend healed. Are we going to get blackballed? Are we going to get kicked out of the synagogue for stepping out of line? We have no idea what's going to happen here. But what we know is Jesus is there, we're here, and we're going to overcome any obstacle that we have to in order to get to Jesus. That's what's going to happen. No excuses. We're all in. Amazing stories of two different situations here where people were healed by Jesus. So let's peel this back a little bit. Now let's talk about why these particular people were healed by Jesus. Okay, There is a, a lot of people, like we talked about, a lot of people were sick in Jesus' day that never saw him, were never healed, never did this. But what made these two situations unique that caused these people to be healed by God? Okay, so this is what we have. Healing from Jesus is spiritual, emotional, and physical. Okay, And Jesus does all of those healings. We understand the spiritual healing. That's why we're all here. We talk about that. Is that Jesus provides, through his sacrifice, the forgiveness of sins so that we can come into God's spiritual kingdom here in this world. And, and eternity starts now, and we uh, go to be with God. Our sins are forgiven. All of that that we've got, that we've done wrong, is washed clean. And also, uh, we've got emotional healing from Jesus. You know what happens when we figure out that we're not the center of the universe? and we are not in charge of everything that happens, man, life is great, isn't it? Because all of a sudden, it's not all about me doing all this, all, everything right in the sense that do things in, in a way that, that is unmanageable for what God has given me. But when we allow God to be God, then our emotional well-being, is, there's a lot of healing that God provides in that. And also physical healing. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Hey, we talk about, we must believe that it works because we pray for it all the time, correct? We pray for physical healing. There's a lot of, we pray for people who, who have cancer, people that have been in accidents, people who have the flu. We go through and we pray for all of those things consistently on a regular basis, right? And so we must believe that God can heal and does heal us physically. Okay, so the, the, the thing that we run into that we have to wrestle with is... If God answered those prayers in a way that we wanted all the time, the end result would be that we would never be sick, we would always be healthy, and we would live forever, correct? That's, that's what happens. That, that's it. Because that, that's what we pray for. 
Okay, and that's, that's okay, but understand that when we pray for healing physically, understand that God can do that and He does do that. And all of us maybe have stories of, of times where, where healing happened that shouldn't have happened, but somehow God reaches His hand in there and provides healing that doctors can't explain and no one else can explain. I have stories like that. I have someone that I went to college with that, was, that the doctors had pronounced dead. There was zero brain activity for nine days. Insurance would pay for 10 days. His wife said, let's pray. Let's pray, and if God has taken him, then we will let him go. No brain activity for nine days. And day 10, he woke up. His wife said, God did this. God has answered our prayers. And this person that I went to college with, I could tell you his name, is walking around now sharing his story and how God healed him. Okay, those things do happen at times. But the other side of it is there's times where, where we pray for, for physical healing and God's response is something like his response to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. Okay, this healing may not happen in the way you want. Maybe time for God to take you home, whatever it may be. Or maybe this sickness is just there and you're going to learn something from it. We don't, we don't know all those answers. But we do know that God answers those prayers. God can heal. But... It's important for us to be flexible enough in our, our understanding to allow God to be God. And just like this, this man said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing. We pray in, in ways like that. Okay, so what made these people different? Jesus is a healer. We know he's a healer. And what made these people different? A person that receives healing acknowledges their own sickness. Hey, we understand that it's pretty easy to see when we're physically sick, isn't it? We see that in ourselves. We're, we're aware of that. Um, when uh, I know that when I had my busted arm, that I've got a big scar here on my arm now, it was pretty evident. When I couldn't move my arm, there was something very, very wrong. We're not always so, um, so aware of our spiritual well-being. And that was the problem with the religious leaders of Jesus' day, is they were sick. They were terribly sick spiritually, but they didn't realize it, and they couldn't figure it out. And so if we're not sick, we don't realize that we need what? Healing. Yeah, we don't need, we realize that we need healing. And so acknowledging our own sickness is essential to, to being healed by God. So let's look at a few verses I want to share here. Let's go to um, Psalm chapter 32. Go ahead and turn there. Psalm 32. Psalm chapter 32, and I'll, I'll read um, verses 3 through 5. All right, he says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on my, my strength was sapped, as in the heat of summer. And it, he's talking about sin that he's got going on in his life right now. But you ever felt that way? I keep silent, there's no confession, I just continue to waste away. Verse 5, then I acknowledged my sin to you. Finally, I admitted that I was sick. Finally, I admitted. And you did not, co- and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. And it continues on from there. But that's what happens. We, if, if we're unwilling to admit that we have sickness, whether it be spiritual, whether it be physical, whatever it is, we cannot heal. And that's what the psalm writer says here, David particularly writing this psalm, is that, man, 
when I kept it inside and when I didn't share and when I pretended like I was not sick, I wasted away. And it wasn't until I finally admitted my own sickness and then God brought healing that was wonderful, that was great. Let's look at another passage, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Go ahead and turn there, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And here's what Paul has to say. Now this is, is sometimes used uh, for, as a scripture, talking about how to become a Christian. In the context, he's not talking about how to become a Christian, he's talking about how to stay a Christian. Because that's what he's talking to the Romans about here. But look at verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so if we, just think about this, we can become Christians, we can become part of God's kingdom, and we can go through life, and some point in time, there is temptation that comes some direction, Satan takes his hits at us, and we stop being transparent. And we wrestle and we wrestle and we wrestle and, and it just seems like our spiritual walk is not going well. And, and we feel this, Psalm 32, this darkness among us. And, uh, and Paul's counsel to that is, well, continue to confess, continue to lift up Jesus as Lord and God's, gonna, God's got you. But you have to be transparent and or, enough to be able to do that. If you don't, then, it's, then things are, are going to be difficult for you. All right, let's look at one more here, and this leads into the next one. John chapter 12, verse 40. John 12, verse 40. John chapter 12, Jesus is speaking here in verse 40. At least John is speaking, referring to what's going on here. He says, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn, and I would heal them. And Jesus is speaking to, well, the John, the writer is speaking about what is wrong with the people of Jesus' day. They become so convinced and so hardened in their own minds and hearts, had not admitted their own sickness, spiritual, physical, whatever, and ultimately could not hear a word that Jesus said because they didn't get it, because they didn't see it in themselves. So you see how important this is? Is the people that we see today, that they acknowledge their own sickness. They realize that sickness was there. And in addition to that, a person that receives healing believes that true healing can only come from Jesus. I'm convinced the, the medical... Um, uh, the medical stuff that we have out there is tremendous, but ultimately that is based on knowledge and wisdom that God has empowered us to be able to have. I know that I have my arm. I can use my arm now because of modern medicine. I'm thankful for that. And, but understand, that is just us, mankind, learning to, to use the things that God has given us. I know, and I've, I've shared this in some circumstance before, but Michael Faraday, with the, the inventor of... We have cell, cell phones because of Michael Faraday. Um, electromagneticism is what he was known for. He was an elder in the church in England, very, very dedicated, very spiritual man. And you look at what Charles Darwin wrote, what Michael Faraday wrote, two scientists that were very, very, very prominent. And Michael Faraday wrote, God, I am so, in his journals, God, I am so thankful and so fortunate to be able to study the wonders that you have created for us. Tremendous, tremendous stuff. And thank you that you are revealing these things to me so that I can help other people. Amazing things. Uh, I know there's um, 
My wife loves essential oils, and I don't know what all those are. She's the expert, but I know that she comes at me with these bottles sometimes. And I duck and I run. No, that's not really what happens. And, and it's great. Those things can bring healing. They're fantastic. I don't know anything about them, but I know that they can be a true blessing. But ultimately, who created all that stuff? Ultimately, it goes back to God is the one, that only one that can provide really true healing for us. They can heal our souls. And so when we realize that, it makes healing different. Um, because we put, because it's all about God. It's all about going back and getting in contact with Him. And number three, a person that receives healing is all in. Now that is vitally important. How many of you have seen the movie Rudy? You familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, I wrote his name down here. His official name is Daniel Eugene Ruttinger. If I say, if I'm saying that correctly. What's that? Rudiger. Rudiger. Okay, thank you. Rudiger. Very good. But he is, uh, what, five foot nothing and a hundred nothing pounds? Is that what I understand? Five six and 165 pounds and played defensive end. Not extremely athletically gifted at all. But he put everything he had into being able to play for Notre Dame University as a football player. And he came to practice, he worked harder than everybody else, and he was in on exactly three plays, one special teams play and two defensive snaps. And one of them actually resulted in a sack. That's all he's got to show for for all of of what he wanted to, to do, or all the football that he played. But the thing that's amazing about the story is not that he got a sack or not that he was a great football player, because he wasn't. The great part of the story is that Rudy was all in. He wanted something so badly that he was willing to overcome any obstacle, whatever it was, in order to accomplish that. And that's what you see from these people here that we've talked about, is that they were willing, they wanted to be healed so badly that they were willing to get rid of whatever it was and overcome any obstacle in order to get there. And so let's think about that for us for a minute here. Sometimes, I know for myself, and it's probably true for all of us, that we love the idea of the hope that God gives us, the forgiveness of sins. We love the idea of, of whatever it may be, and we're excited about the, what God offers. But there's a tendency for us to stop short of going all in and saying, all right, God, I'm yours, and whatever you want for me, I am all in. The things that you love, I'm going to love. The things that you hate, I'm not going to do. I'm going to separate myself from those. I'm going to leave those out of my life. I'm going to leave those behind. But I'm all in. And so think about this. If you're walking through life at this point in time and you find that healing is just not coming, I don't know what, what all I don't know the mind of God inside and out. I as I grow spiritually I learn more and more about the mind of God and how He works. But I will say this I believe that oftentimes we can approach God like many of the other sick people in Jesus' day, is we want the healing we want the good benefits that he brings, but are not willing to overcome every obstacle, whatever it may be, in order to go and receive that. And if we're not willing to overcome all the obstacles, we're not willing to approach Jesus, we're not willing to leave our stuff behind, then we cannot blame God for healing not coming into our life. Okay? I just know that from my own experience and from what I see in Scripture. And so when we look at these things, um, and let me take a time out here for a second. Whenever I say something along these lines, sometimes... Someone will come up to me at some point and say, Chris, you have no idea what type of, uh, how much I'm in and how much I've not been healed be, 
for X, Y, and Z. And the only thing I know on something like that, because that's completely between you and God, is that sometimes, as God said to Paul in 2 Corinthians, as Paul is crying out to him, he has a thorn in his side, a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what that is. But God's response is, my grace is sufficient for you. And sometimes we don't receive the healing that we would want. And somehow in all of that, God is working because his grace is sufficient for us. But in the meantime, our job in this world is to acknowledge our own sickness, realize that it's there, and be transparent and have other people that we can confess and be transparent with. And believe that true healing can only come from Jesus and then go all in. And that's what we see from these examples today. And I pray that's an example that every one of us can follow. And uh, we have something here with this community of faith that we continue to share with the people in our, in our valley. And I pray that we can do more and more. Because it's wonderful. It's amazing. In the almost three years that I've been here, like I say, I learn from you continually in watching your faith. And, uh, and I pray that more and more as we go on, we buy into this, that we receive healing and we bring healing to anyone we come in contact with. If you'd like to become a Christian today or you'd like prayers of the church, head to the back. The elders are back there waiting to, uh, to pray with you. Let's stand and sing together.